Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. It's Dennis and Lisa McEntee, and we're talking about burnout and work-life balance. And why it's important. Yeah, and so today we want to cover the really four lies, and we're, the next two podcasts, we're going to kind of deal with some of the lies that people believe about work-life balance. And the podcast before this, we really laid a foundation on the concept of burnout, what it is, and so if you want more information or want just to dive in a little deeper, go back and listen to that one. Yeah. So let's kind of get into like some of these ideas of work-life balance. What is it? And just some of the lies. And one lie that we've discovered is that uh, here's a lie. Achieving work-life balance means equal time for work and personal life, right? So if I'm working four hours, then I have to take four hours off. And then, or if I'm working eight hours, then I have to take eight hours off. Lisa, you know what I'm I'm thinking about right now? You have no idea what I'm going to say. I do know what you're thinking about. Yeah, so I'm thinking about, we just finished Gilded Age. right? I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, right? 888. 888. And this was the steel workers back in the early 1900s. I'm assuming it's basically true is that they were working 12 to 14 hours a day. and Six days a week. Six days a week. So they had one day off. Basically, they would work all day long. Pretty much eat and go to sleep, and they were all chanting. Um, they were forming unions and going on strike, and, and they so were they chanting eight, 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 eight hours of work, eight hours of sleep, of and, rest, right, and eight hours to do what you will, what you will, yeah, what you will, right. So they chanted eight, 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 and I, I just kind of hit me real quick, right. So that it, it really isn't true. Right, is that it doesn't look like it's got to be equal time. It's it, it's not a cookie cutter for everyone. And that's the thing, I think, right? Absolutely. So we have different differing priorities and we have differing values. Mm-hmm. And work-life balance to you is completely different than work-life balance to me is. Yeah, because we're all unique mm-hmm. and it means different things to, to different Right. Different we have people. we have we it varies from person to person. And it's more about aligning your time and your energy with yeah. your own priorities. And and ultimately, no one can tell you what what's important to you. Right. Only you can decide what's important to you. And that's having that awareness, aligning your your life to fit your values, and to really to be living a life that is deciding what's important to you and sticking to it. And really, it's kind of architecting your life. And I think many times, you know, you live automatically, but but you don't learn and grow automatically. Mm-hmm. And how many times do people were just on autopilot and, you know, we're in the grind, we're on the hamster wheel. And it's not until we come to this point of burnout where we go, oh, things have got to change. Well, let's st- step back and kind of architect your life a little bit. And at least it's one of the reasons that we, we plan free time before we plan any other time. Right. Because it, it's just like um, having a car. Right? If I have an electric car, I want to plug it in first. And so it almost becomes this prerequisite for, for great achievement. So do people, different people have different values. Another one is intensity of work mm-hmm. versus kind of quality time. And, you know, the nature of work, it's like there's different levels of intensity and focus, right? There's an ebb and flow, like how you talked about in the last podcast. And if we don't understand the ebb and flow, and I've had this challenge sometimes where I think it's always got to be intense and it's always got to be hardcore and it's always got to be like at a, going 100 miles an hour. And sometimes work can go 50 miles an hour and that's okay. Right. Absolutely. And that goes along with seasonal, seasonal yeah. projects, yeah. seasonal work or project-based work. I know even in our business, there yeah. are there are seasons where it is it is very busy for right. us. Yeah. And then there are other seasons, um, quarters throughout the year that it slows down. 
and um, some of and our clients that we work with. I'm thinking right. of some of our clients um, up in, in the Pennsylvania. Right? In the, the green, green industry, industry is yeah. is they have times where it's incredibly busy, and they just there is not time to breathe. Yeah. But knowing that coming up is going to be the time of just being able to sit back and relax. And you have to know that the industry that you're in or the position you're in has those seasons. So before you go and take a position, find out what yeah. that what that ebb and flow is and what that seasonal or project-based work looks like because you may think that you're going into a position and it's going to be 40 hours a week, however, 50 weeks a year. And in reality, it's maybe... 12 hours of crazy, I mean, 12 weeks of crazy, but then there'll be five or six weeks yeah. of complete relaxation. And it just depends on if it's seasonal or project-based work. Yeah. And adapting to these fluctuations rather than strictly adhering to a time allocation is going to be the solution and the win. Yeah. And I think a lot of these things is really defining the expectations for yourself. Mm -hmm. And you being very clear. Another lie is that balance has this one-size-fits-all approach. Right, it looks the same for everybody. And Everything, every position, every company, and that's not true. Right. So, with that, we are all in various stages of life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there are there are different stages of life. There are different um, seasons that we go through. Different stages. We could be um, in the young, small children, child rearing years, and. Let's face it, little kids get sick and yeah. you have to be able to take them to the doctor or you have to be able to cut out when they're off school or come up with some um, childcare uh, solutions. But then also you could be in a phase where you're caring for maybe an elderly family member yeah. and that's going to take more time. It's going to take more energy outside of your work life. So maybe you're working the same amount of hours, yeah. but that you're putting a larger chunk of energy into your outside hours caring for these other individuals. And so there is just these seasons and these stages of life that we have to be aware of. And you never know. I mean, you do when know. When stages change. You, you do. There are some very obvious. Yeah. You know, your wife is getting ready to give birth and you know Obvious you're walking change. into a stage. Mm -hmm. But other times you really don't know what these stages are. And so being able to be in a healthy balance before you get into a difficult stage is really key. Mm, so that's really good. just being um, aware of what's going on and, and aware of the transitions as you're stepping through life. Well, and I think as leaders, like how we lead people mm -hmm. to realize that you have different member team members in different stages of life. And, and we've realized we have team members in all these varying stages of life and a little bit allow the ebb and flow of that where we know, you know, if you have teenagers, we have a team member who has teenagers and there's certain ebbs and flow to to her stage of life that we have to be, because we're empty nesters. And sometimes we forget what it was like to have right. 12, 13, 14 year old, you know, hungry boys that you have to feed, you know, every couple hours. Like we remember, it was, that it's, it's a distant here or there. It's a distant memory. We remember it, but it, but it's a distant memory and we're in a totally different life stage mm -hmm. and understanding that like balance looks different because there'll be times, Lisa, where we'll take the morning off, but we know we're going to work until eight or nine o'clock that night at times. Right. And so we know that there are different life stages and just understand that. And and then also because it doesn't fit one size doesn't fit all, there's there's occupational differences. Right. Some, per, you know, professions, industries. Right. We, we know like our accountant is super busy the first part of the year. Right. 
and and we just know that that's kind of a job that requires a certain time and commitment, you know, and there's different projects, different deadlines. And so it can't be a one size fit all. Every business looks different. You know, you said for ours, like our team knows in the spring, in the fall, they know I'm not going to be as available as say I am, you know, during the winter or during that that peak summer time where there's not as many events and that take our attention. Right. And another way that it, occupational differences come into play, I'm thinking of two in particular. One, we have some um, friends that are in the financial services yeah. um, area. And honestly, they go golfing. They do these different social activities. But that and really pe- is business. Well, and people look at right? them and they think, wow, yeah, what a life you have. But really? Those connections and those interactions, that is how business is done in certain occupations. And so it's not necessarily all it's cracked up to be. Yes, you're golfing and you enjoy golfing, hopefully, but you're also cultivating relationships and understanding the needs of people, of your clients, and and it truly is business. And then another occupational difference would be what we do. So we were just in Scottsdale. Um, There was, we had a client meeting all day on Thursday. And so we flew out to Scottsdale and client meeting all day Thursday. Our anniversary was Friday. So we took the day off and just kind of enjoyed ourselves. And then, you know, it's the weekend. So we took the weekend and then we flew back and people think, wow, that's so amazing that you get to fly and travel. Yeah, but but what they don't understand is that, that, that Tuesday flight day. Was it was full on full it work was, day, and it was hard, and it was horrible. And <laughs> what do you mean it's horrible? I, I had a really bad day. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was I was tough. I was grumpy, and I was just doing what I could to keep my stuff together. Yeah, and I told and you, you and I told you, I was like, I just, I'm just, I mean, yeah, I just wanted to let loose, but. Those are these occupational differences that we can't look at one occupation yeah. and think, wow. They that made. they haven't made because you don't understand mm-hmm. the complications and the difficulties and the ways that you're stretched in all these different industries. Yeah, so there's not a one size fit all. Mm-hmm. And Lisa, then there's also this whole idea, and you've really studied this about work styles. Absolutely, because right? people are different. It's it's the same as learning styles. It's mm-hmm. work styles. It's um, also like as in working genius. The, you know your passions, your proficiencies, your frustrations. Yeah, these different things. Different people work differently in different time frames. In different environments. Some people really like concentrated, focused work time. Um, Other people need a more flexible, collaborative environment. Some people need a lot of um, stimuli going around, and other people don't. And so it's really a lie that work-life balance is one-size-fits-all because we're all unique individuals, and we all are created completely differently. And to to force my style or my preferences on you really get, does both of us a disservice. Yeah. And so it looks different for other for everybody. And so don't put your expectations on other people. I right. you know we have a particular roundtable participant and when he hears about how I run my life and he doesn't want all the time off. Right. He has kids that are teenagers and, you know, so it looks different for for him than it does me, and and that's okay. Right. I don't have to put my expectations on him, and he doesn't have to put his on me. It's just one size fit all. And so, the other lie is, you know, success requires sacrificing personal life for career advancement. You got to sacrifice your personal life so that you can get ahead. You got to, you know, do with the grind. And 
I don't think that's always true because there really is this holistic definition of success. Even success is it, it's multifaceted, right? It's it's subjective. Like who can tell you what success is for you? And I mean, career advancement is kind of one aspect, but it can also be defined by personal fulfillment, right? Meaningful relationships. I, I know for me, I, I don't want to have all the money in the world and they have broken relationships. I mean, that would that would not be success to me. But only you know what that looks like. So it, and it's really why we have the ideal life, where we kind of look at all these different areas, right? Your health and your family, not just your career. Your career is one-sixth of that. It's one-sixth of the pie, and you look at your life as mm-hmm. an entire pie. And, you know, how, you know, how fulfilling is your pie? And the ideal um, life, that's basically – it's. Um uh, an assessment yeah. or uh, yeah, it, it's a self-assessment, it's a diagnostic, and we'll put it there in the show notes. You can have it downloaded, and it is there for for people to have. And it just kind of helps you figure out what your definition to have a holistic definition of success, and also um, diverse paths to success. And yeah, so when you when you really understand what you want out of life, yeah. and what's important to you, and what's success to you, um, then because. For me to live someone else's life is going to put me at the end, and I'm just going to be frustrated, and I'm going to yeah. be unfulfilled, and I'm going to be full of regret. Yeah. But for me to be able to define now what is what what is important to me, what makes me happy, what is success to me yeah. in all the different six areas of life in these in these um, in this ideal life. Yeah. That's that's that helps me get to the end, knowing that I lived well. Yeah, it's like you we're climbing the ladder to success, and then how many p- times do people realize, oh my gosh, uh, it's leaning against the wrong building. Mm-hmm. And so we want to first lean it against the right building, and then climb your own path, right? And, and you know, make it you know how you want it. And then this other idea is that when you think about su- sacrificing, you know, your personal life for a career advancement, is this long term sustainability, right? And so, you know, maintaining a healthy work-life balance, it kind of contributes to this long-term sustainability. It's it, because I get it why people, you know, might want to quit, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know, you just lose your energy. And when you have this work-life balance, it's you, you can you can add value and contribute for forever when you do it right. Right. Because we talked about burnout is not necessarily the quantity of work that you're doing. Yeah. It's more the area that you are working in. And if you're working in something that you're very passionate about yeah. and completely fulfills you, you it actually gives you energy. But if you're working in an area that just frustrates you or is just a capability, mm-hmm. but it's not energizing, then that's what's going to deplete you and what's going to bring burnout. Well, and there's, I think there's this idea is that when you when your work you know energizes you and you're taking time off to rejuvenate and you have a fulfilled personal life you always work is not a problem because you know you have all these other nourishments in your life that are feeding you and so I, I, and I think the key is like always wanting to contribute mm-hmm. even if say like you retire and you go on to like another stage of life it's I always want to contribute even if I'm quote unquote retired, whatever that looks like, right? I always want to be a contributing member. And I think that's the key. Absolutely. And then the fourth lie is more hours at work always leads to greater productivity. Say it isn't so. And I mean, to me, I'm thinking absolutely not, but not everybody 
Aquinas understands that. There's the law of diminishing returns, yep. right? The law of diminishing returns states that there comes a point yeah. where you reach that. It's a tipping point. And when you reach that tipping point, your returns begin to diminish because the energy you have to push it forward has decreased to the point that you are now falling off in your returns. And it's excessively long hours yeah. or excessively or or any kind of excessive hours working in an area that maybe is a competency. Or a frustration. Or a frustration. Or maybe it's just a proficiency and it's yeah. not something you're passionate about. So it's not just excessively long hours, but it's excessively long in an area that is not fulfilling. And that leads to fatigue. That yeah. leads to decreased con um, concentration and reduced cognitive functioning. And that's that's really hard. Obviously, if I have reduced cognitive functioning, <laughs> I am not I yeah. am not going to have the return that I had before. Yeah. And productivity declines at that point. And it doesn't necessarily improve with extended work hours. It's some I get it. Sometimes you're at a place where you're like, hey, we've you got to, to push we have to push through because we've got a deadline. And there are times that you do have to grit through it, but it not as a lifestyle. Well, Lisa, and how many times are people like they're there but they're not there? Right? The it's, quit but stay. Well but or the quiet quitting. Well, but also, you know, I'm there eight, ten 12 hours and there comes this point where I'm physically here, but mentally I'm not here. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's the key is oh, you always want to be where you are. And it, you even had this last night as I know when we got on the plane, we were still working. You, you still had some work to do and you, you, know, you just mentioned to me, it's like, hey, I'm just going to cut off because – I'm just I'm tired and I'm just not even going to be productive. Right. I got to the point of diminishing return and I recognized it and I just shut it down. I, I mean, I, I, I remember and these still happen at times, but where I'm just sitting in front of my computer and realize I've been staring at this computer for 30 minutes and not done anything. Right. It's like my brain is just tired and, you know. It, and and it wasn't an intentional, I'm just going to waste time because yeah. the intention was to knock some things out, but you had reached that tipping point. Well, and also takes you a lot longer. Like when you've reached that tipping point, it's a lot of diminishing returns. It takes you a lot longer. It's a, it, And so sometimes it's better just to go take a rest. Yep. Um, and then another, you know, idea is that this whole idea of creativity and innovation, it, mm -hmm. it typically doesn't happen when you're in a task. Right. And so extended hours, it can kind of lead to burnout. It limits creativity and your innovation kind of wanes. I mean, how many times do you have a great idea on vacation? Uh, or, or when you just came back from vacation or when you're in the shower before you go to work. Yeah, you're just, you're rested, you're comfortable, you're at peace, your brain is free. And then boom, this idea gets, you know, popped into your head. Um, but you don't get that when you're too tightly scheduled. And I think sometimes when we're too tightly scheduled, we're not able to be creative. We're going from task to task to task to task. And we need some of these breaks, whatever that looks like, you know, even during the day, uh, which means, you know, you something you and I are working on is just taking a lunch hour. Sometimes we, yes, we have we, a tough time taking We got lunch. out of that. We we yeah. were we were doing working lunches and we were like, no, that is not that is not helping us have a good work life balance. That is not helping us in our productivity, even though it sounds good because we have e extended hours. Right. And it goes back to this idea we talked about last time that busyness doesn't equal productivity. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it really is a lie that more hours at work always leads to greater productivity. Sometimes you miss out on the creativity and innovation that you get from just contracting the rubber band and just pulling back. Right. And that's that's basically the quality versus quantity. Yeah. That 
quality is productivity is not solely determined by the quantity of hours, but it's also the quality of work during those hours that are given. Um, focusing on efficient and effective yeah. um, work tasks yep. is is a priority. Goal setting, task prioritization, those all lead to higher outcomes in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. And so that lie that more hours at work work always leads to greater productivity is absolutely that it's a lie because it's a quality versus quantity issue. Yeah, and, and at least one thing that we have as a resource for people, and, and we're going to put it there in the show notes, is your ideal life. It's a personal constraints analysis where you can look at all six areas of your life, and that's our gift to you. Just download it and kind of diagnose your life, take a self-assessment, and really take a hard look at it. Um, Lisa, and it's super easy. It's it. Just takes a couple minutes and yeah. to to kind of look at your life and evaluate and find out, okay, where where am I now? Where am I going and where do I want to be? Yeah. Lisa, what my big takeaway, I'm just thinking like what what are some of my takeaways? I think the one thing that really hits my head today is that you know, balance is not a one size fits all. And I think I have to be very careful because I'm I can communicate very passionately about certain beliefs that I have, maybe like on free days, right? I have a certain number of free days for me, just helps me feel rejuvenated, but it's different for different people. And only you know what rejuvenates you. And just stepping back and just being very clear on myself what rejuvenates me. And then sometimes realizing that, you know, my approach, there's other approaches that are valid. And then I love to hear other people's approach to to sort of like what it looks like to rejuvenate because it kind of gives me ideas. But Lisa, for you, what kind of hit your brain? So today? for me, I think line number one, achieving right. work-life balance means equal time for work and personal mm. life. We all have a different definition of success yeah. and we evaluate our lives differently. Yeah. And in our success-driven culture yep. that he who has the most toys wins or mm. he who has the most money is the one that should sit on the pedestal or yeah. is the one that should take office, yeah. that that's just based on one person's individual definition of success. Yeah. And that could be their definition of success, but you don't know when they get to the end of their life, yeah. what regrets are they going to have? And my goal for everyone would be to Go through your life happy yeah. and fulfilled and get to the end and look back and say, I had a life well lived. And balancing the the burnout and the stress and being successful and contributing to life and being a productive member of society in work and in our personal lives and just really understanding, okay, when I get to the end, what do I what do I want to leave? What's the legacy I want to leave? Yeah, there really is no cookie cutter, mm -mm. right? And and that's where we can't compare ourselves with each other because we're all individual. You know, success looks different for all of us. We we all have these differing life stages and everything. So, and that's how you get to burnout is when you're trying to live someone else's life or you're living the life that someone else, maybe your higher up or your CEO has has a, has prescribed for you. Right, and it's, it's so, almost this obligation that I've not really committed myself to. And then how many times does that create all of this frustration? Or also just society and things get rolling. Yeah. And we forget sometimes to take a step back yeah. and evaluate, okay, is this is this what I want? Is this or am I just um am I just hanging on? Yeah. So we want you to this has been good. We want you to download your ideal life and uh, really take a diagnostic on your life. And we'll see you next time on the Drama Free Living Podcast. Mm -hmm.